win it. Are you kidding me? Are the national champions of 2015? And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. We are rocking and rolling. This is Crown Sports Charlotte, part of CrownSportsCHA.com. I'm Alex Abernathy. He's Cameron McGowan, and collectively, like I just said, we are Crown Sports Charlotte. We're doing our regular midweek show. We like to try to do it either on Tuesday or Thursday. Thursday when we can, which means today we are getting to do it when we want. Welcome into those tuning in live as we do the show live every single time on Facebook and on Twitter. I see we've got some people jumping in on both right now. And as always, we always want our show to be as interactive as possible. So if you have an opinion, if you disagree with what we're saying, if you agree with what we're saying and just want to add some more context to it, that's what we want to do. We want you to jump in the comments, let us know what you have to say. And as always, just know that we are brought to you by Steamroll Vodka, Steamroll Vodka, the vodka of blue collar Americans everywhere. All right. Before we get started, let's get a quick rundown of what we're going to do on today's show, and then we'll jump into it. Off the top, we're going to talk some gambling because, well, basically because North Carolina over the summer legalized sports gambling, and we kind of want to be on the forefront of that sports gambling coverage, especially Cameron right here. Cameron uh, likes to call himself the college capper, but I tend to think he's not that great. Uh, He's going to do his gambling golden nuggets I know if you're listening to the podcast version, you can't see the disgusted look Cameron just gave me based on that. We did get a heart on that, by the way, on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Cameron's gambling golden nuggets right off the top, and then we're going to talk some Panthers, in particular D'Angelo Williams. And I know he's kind of he who must not be named in the terms of Panthers fans, but he's in London. We've got to talk about him because it is, it's quite the topic at this point. Then we're going to do some Panthers trivia. Originally, Cameron, I was just going to do Christian McCaffrey trivia, but I, I've broadened it okay. since then. So we're going to do some Panthers trivia. I'll ask Cameron some questions. Then we're going to venture away from Panthers a little bit because on our midweek show, we like to we like to venture away from Panthers a little bit on the windy, a little bit away on the midweek show because every Sunday we do our post game show where it's all Panthers. So our final two topics of the show: one, we're going to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes and why this Ryan Dezingle deal that they made in July is the best deal of the NHL offseason and why we are already reaping the benefits of it. And then we're going to wrap up the show by talking about Coach K. Coach K came out and said that he is in full support of California and Gavin Newsom signing in Senate Bill 206. We're going to talk a lot about that to wrap up the show. But first things first, Cameron, I will let you get us started and take the reins with your gambling golden nuggets for this weekend. Yeah, so uh, I've just I've just got a few that I'm going to I'm going to run through. Um, for the first one, and you know, I, I gave this pick out, I want to say it was last week or two weeks ago, but uh, I was talking about Charlotte to the over. Charlotte was 4-0 to the over when I gave the pick. Sure enough, they were playing FAU. It hits. Charlotte is now 5-0 to the over. They are averaging 35.8 points per game while allowing 39.6 points per game. The, the total's only 61 right now. They're playing an FIU team who's very capable. Uh, I want to say that they're 2-3 and three on the year. They're averaging just over right around 25 points a game. Um, you know, I, I just see this one easily going over the total again. Charlotte cannot stop anyone, not, not even a, a semi-decent offense, and they can score the ball too. So I, I see this one. I see Charlotte going 6-0 and to the over after this week. I think that's a must-take. Um, we also have Duke playing Georgia Tech. Duke is four and one to the over. 
Um, and the total is 48 and a half right now. I, I, I think that that's definitely one to look at. Um, 48 and a half is a very low number. Uh, Duke, Duke has been scoring a lot lately. Um, and Georgia Tech, really their defense cannot stop anyone. The problem you're going to have to worry about is can Georgia Tech score to kind of help out get to that total? Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, I, I think that's just a trend to look at. Um, Georgia Tech is 0-5 against the spread this year. Duke is 3-2. and uh, The spread is 17-and-a-half. I-, I think that's kind of weird because last week UNC, who presumably I think is a better team than Duke, um, was only 10-and-a-half point favorites against Georgia Tech, but maybe oddsmakers saw something in that game that led them to go 17-and-a-half here. Um, I-, I-, I just can't see why you wouldn't continue with the trend. Georgia Tech's 0-5 against the spread. Why not make it 0-6? I like Duke in that one. Um, and then NC State plays today at 8 o'clock. Uh, they're playing Syracuse. They are 1-4 to the over, which means 4-1 to the under. Syracuse is 2-3 to the over, 3-2 to the under. Um, 56.5 is the total. NC State is coming off of a bye week. Um, you know, they've had some time to prepare, but I, you know, I, I think that there might be a little bit of rust they're going to have to knock off. I think that this one goes under. 56.5 is is probably 10 points too big for me. Um, I, I think that that one goes under easy. And then also just another little trend to look at. NC State is 1-4 against the spread. So, you know, that uh, I want to say that they're 4.5-point favorites right now against Syracuse. Syracuse is not a bad football team. Um, I think that that's definitely a trend to look at. But just to recap, um, for my, my mortal lock is the Charlotte over. I, I think that that hit, hits easy. Um, I want to I want to say that the the Duke over will also hit, and then I think that the NC State Syracuse under will hit. All right, that was Cameron's gambling golden nuggets of the week. I kind of like the way that that rolls off the tongue. And now we've had some people jumping in on Facebook from the Panthers fan group, so welcome in to those on Facebook and of course those on Twitter as well. For those of you new to the program, we are Crown Sports Charlotte. We like to cover the teams that you care about. We're talking Panthers. Hornets, Hurricanes, Duke, and UNC. And right now, we're about to talk some Panthers. And we want to be really interactive. So jump in, share your comments with us. I know Facebook has really been a hit lately. YouTube, come on, or not YouTube, Twitter. Come on, let's get those interactions up, baby. Let's comment. I want to hear what you have to say. So we're going to talk about this D'Angelo Williams situation. And we were talking about this a little bit before the show. And as Panthers fans, I want to know what you think about this. Because, so... A little backstory here. So we all know, if you followed the Panthers at all, D'Angelo Williams, after getting cut from the team, was not too thrilled about that. And then when his mother passed away a few years later, D'Angelo Williams was very upset that nobody from the Panthers organization, none of his teammates, showed up at his mother's funeral. So, and since then, D'Angelo Williams has been on record of saying numerous, just just bad things about the Panthers. And that's saying bad things is is really putting it mildly And this summer, he ramped it up a little bit more where he didn't say anything malicious, I would say. He just shared his take on Cam Newton. And it was the genuine, or the general Cam Newton's a one-hit wonder take that we've heard from national media and really just ignorant media a lot of the time. He did add a little insight as a player into that as well, but not a ton. Eventually, he went on local Charlotte sports radio and had conversations with the host where they they kind of exposed him a little bit, to be completely honest. But he, he did that, and now D'Angelo Williams, after saying a lot of bad things and giving his takes on the Panthers organization, has been appointed by the NFL as the Panthers ambassador in London this weekend. 
Cameron, uh, first off, I want to know your guys' thoughts on this. Jump in the comments and tell us because it makes very little sense to me. Uh, Cameron, what what do you think about this? <clears throat> I I think that on the surface, you're one hundred percent right. You know, why would you? I don't know if the NFL just they had to have known the backstory. I mean, the NFL had to have known that right that they weren't in the the best uh, the best placed you know in, in their relationship. Yeah. Um. But you know, if this is a way for D'Angelo Williams to maybe mend some fences, um, I, I then may yeah, I I I kind of like it. I mean, you're talking about a guy who is is one of the best running backs, if not the best in franchise history. He he has you know he bleated Panther blue. I mean, this guy was all about the Panthers, um, and, and I think that he still is. You know, obviously there was a rough patch, but I think that this could be a way for him to mend the fence maybe, um, and so I, I think we're going to have to wait and see, but hopefully he doesn't do anything that, you know, out of the ordinary that embarrasses them or anything like that. I can't imagine that he would. The NFL's paying for his trip, um, so I, I I don't know. It is It is kind of a weird situation, though. Yeah, and I, I might regret saying this, but I don't think he's going to do anything stupid and say anything wrong because I think— I mean, it'd be great for us if he did. <laughs> it would be. It would be. But I, I don't want to believe that D'Angelo Williams is a dumb person. I heard him—I listened to his entire interview whenever he was on in Charlotte over the summer, and he, he said some uninformed things— but he did not necessarily say stupid things, if that makes sense. And he's already said, in terms of this trip, I'll read you his quote from... He, so first off, just a little bit more backstory. He showed up in London, and everybody was kind of like, what's this guy doing here? Like, <laughs> it was like when you're at the party and you're like, who invited this guy? Yeah. That's exactly what this was. So he kind of did a, an offhand interview with the Charlotte Observer, and his quote during that interview was, I have no ill will or problems with the team, or with the coaches. That's why I'm here. I'm showing people that it's never been about hating the players or anybody that's in that locker room. Now, some things he said in the past would maybe disagree with that, but I also think it's important to note that the current regime is not necessarily who D'Angelo Williams originally had beef with. The regime that was in place whenever he was let go and whenever he... He didn't have anybody show up at his mother's funeral. That was the Jerry Richardson, David Gettleman regime. So maybe you're right. Maybe this is a way to kind of mend some old wounds and rebuild a bridge that seems to have been burned. So I guess if you want to add more to that, you can. But I will pose another question to you. Mm -hmm. Even if he can rebuild that bridge with the organization, do you think he can do it with the fan base? Because there's a whole lot of fans that can't stand D'Angelo Williams. Yeah, I, I think that he can uh, with the fans. And I think that, I think in my opinion, it'll be easier for him to rebuild it with the fans than it will be the organization. And here's why. He went out on the football field every every Sunday and and you know won them football games. So as a fan, you still have this admiration of this guy putting on your colors and going out there and making you a good football team. Yeah. And I, I you know he never has said anything about the fans being bad or the fans not doing whatever. He even said that you know it, it, it's not about the guys in the locker room. He it's all for him. It is all about the front office. It is all about that management. And I think that the fans need to realize that 
you know, yes, he said some, you know, rash things about about the Panthers organization, but he wasn't he's not talking about, you know, the team, the fans. He's talking about purely to the front office. And I think that, you know, hopefully fans realize that this is just something they're going to have to work out and that he has no ill wishes towards them and no ill wishes towards current players or anything like that. I agree that fans could come around. I disagree that it's going to be easier because, I mean, whenever I called him he who must not be named earlier, that came straight from a fan's Twitter page. And earlier this summer, we put out an article on our website, crownsportscha.com, saying why D'Angelo Williams should be allowed onto Charlotte Sports local media. Mm. And eventually he was, but at the time he was not, and we ridiculed everybody for it. And there was a lot of people especially on Reddit, actually, that I found. They were like, I just don't want, I, I want nothing to do with him. I don't want him on radio. It, he has the right to be on radio, but I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear his name. I don't want to see his face. I don't want anything to do with D'Angelo Williams, which is why I think it's going to be difficult for him to pull the fan base back. So now I'll pose another question to you, and this is a bit of a longer quote, so I'll kind of sum it up for you instead of reading you the whole quote. Mm-hmm. He was asked what he wants. D'Angelo, <laughs> what do you want? And he said, all I want is an apology. He said, I just want an apology. He went on to draw an analogy to what do you do if your kids screw up and they apologize? He was like, do you hold a grudge forever or do you say that's okay? And I don't know if that analogy is spot on with this situation, but he said he just wants an apology, but he wants something formal, which I don't necessarily like. I think if you're just asking for an apology and you say, you know what, if I, just, if I can just sit down with somebody, even if it's Ron Rivera who had nothing to do with the situation, and he just says, look, man, I am sorry that, this, that you think this organization has wronged you. It's we have no ill will. You have no ill will towards us that are currently here. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. But he wants something formal and seemingly public, which seems kind of disingenuine to me when you want something that is public and out in the open like that. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. That That's that's really weird. Uh, you know, you'd think that if if it were me, I'd want something personal. I wouldn't want, you know, it, I, I, who cares if, if everybody sees it or, you know, if it's a, a press conference or whatever, you know, I, I would want something where owner, whoever, sits me down, brings me into this office and says, you know, what, here's, what, here's what it is, whatever, I'm sorry. And at this point, though, when you're having to ask for the apology, for me, that immediately makes the apology not genuine. I mean, it's, it's a forced apology at that point. And so, uh, you know, he another one of the quotes that he that he said um, in the interview was, I'm not one of those guys where after time has passed, you show up and everything's fine. He wants this addressed so that they can, and it's all, he just wants it. He doesn't want it to be an ongoing thing. He just wants it to be addressed once so that he can move on. But at this point, I feel like he's kind of just forcing the issue too much. And for me, the way he's addressing it has made it a very, very weird situation. And for me, it's he's making it all about D'Angelo Williams and they were wrong, they were wrong. Everyone needs to know that I was right. I don't think he even really cares at this point about something that happened you know, a couple of years ago. And then, yeah, last thing on this. If anything positive comes out of this, it's that the D'Angelo Williams Foundation is getting a little bit more publicity, I guess. Whether or not he, he mines the gap with, with his former team. So he has the D'Angelo Williams organization or Foundation, mm-hmm. and it's made to raise awareness and money to find a cure for breast cancer because that's what his mother died of at age 55. Mm-hmm. So I think... 
whether the fans like him or not, whether he's able to get his apology from the organization or not, at least there's some good you can pull out of this, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I may be reaching, but I think that's where I stand on this right now. Yeah, I think bottom line is this just smells like Roger Goodell corruption at its finest. <laughs> Everything leads back to Roger. We just know it's you. We know it's you, Roger. We know you. We know you assigned him to this. <laughs> I mean, some obviously somebody did. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I want. I don't know if it was out of ignorance or out of somebody trying to stir the pot and say, hey. There's this guy that Panthers fans hate. Yeah. Let's let's make him the Panthers ambassador yeah. in London. I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. Otherwise, we're going to move on uh, to some Panthers trivia. Cameron, generally, you ask me the Panthers trivia questions. Today, I'm going to ask you, and this will be the last thing we do on Panthers, and then we'll move on. We've got some hockey to talk about because the Hurricanes are red hot to start the season. Oh, Best yeah. team in the NHL, 4-0. We're going to talk about that. I also claim that Ryan Dezingle signing in the offseason was the best move in all of the NHL. I'll explain here in a minute. And then also, we're going to wrap up the show talking about, we're going to talk about Coach K and what he said about Senate Bill 206 in California. But first, let's get into some Panthers trivia. Play along at home. Go ahead and comment. I would love to see if you guys nailed this or not in the comments section. Question number one. So Cameron, give them a a minute or two to answer if you want. Mm -hmm. All right. In his first four starts in the NFL, Kyle Allen has gone 4-0 and with zero interceptions. Mm-hmm. How many other quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era have done that? And I'll give you some options. Is it zero, two, four, or six? And if you want to mull over it yeah. for a second, I, feel free. I, think I know what my answer is. I'm just going to give the, the people some time. Yeah, so un- Kyle Shoemaker there guessing four. Yeah, un un. I believe that I saw a stat after his third win that said that he was the only quarterback to have done that in three wins. So I'm guessing that in four, unless I read the stat wrong, and maybe it had to do with his touchdowns and not interceptions. But I'm going to say zero. I'm going to say he's the only one to ever do it. All right. Well, it looks like Kyle Shoemaker back at home was exactly wrong. It's not four. Cameron, you're right. It is zero. Kyle Allen is the only quarterback in the history of the Super Bowl era of the NFL that has gone 4-0 with no interceptions in his first four NFL starts. Also, Cameron, you know where you might have seen that. Where? Crown Sports Charlotte. Twitter, baby. I would have never guessed. Trivia question number two. Let's see. Oh, Scotty A jumped in, and he guessed four as well. Well, 0 for 2 on the fan responses so far today. All right, now we're going to get into some Christian McCaffrey trivia. So, question number two. We've only got three questions in total. Christian McCaffrey is on pace for a ridiculous 2,771 total yards this season, which would set an NFL running back record. The previous record is 2,696. My question is, who holds that record? Is it DeMarco Murray? Jim Brown, O.J. Simpson, or Darren Sproles? I believe, I believe that the answer is... I will step outside one second. Yeah. As you mull that over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
I, I apologize for that. We I, record this in a radio station, and sometimes this is the production studio here at the station, and sometimes people need the production studio, and we tend to hog it for longer than most people. So I apologize for the slight interruption. Cameron, have you come up with your answer yet? Yes. DeMarco Murray, Jim Brown, OJ Simpson, or Darren Sproles? Uh, Scott A. jumped back in in the comments. He said he thinks it's the juice. Well, he he I think he's wrong, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, the little lightning lightning bolt in the can, Darren Sproles. Cameron McGowan, you are 2 for 2 on the day. It was Darren Sproles in 2011, had 2,900 or 2,696 total yards. That's pass, or catching and running. So you're 2 for 2. Can you go a perfect 3 for 3? And can Scott A go a perfect 0 oh for, for three. 3? Also, Kyle jumped out, didn't comment there. See if we get another comment this time. Final Panthers trivia question. Jump in, tell us your answers as Cameron mulls it over. Still Christian McCaffrey related. Christian McCaffrey has over 175 scrimmage yards and at least one touchdown in four of five games this season. Similar question. Only one other player has done that in NFL history. Who is that player? Is it Chris Johnson, Jim Brown, Adrian Peterson or Emmett Smith. And if you read our article or if you want to go check it out, we did an article earlier this week. I we actually reposted it again today on our Twitter. It's all about just Christian McCaffrey's crazy numbers from this season. And and there's some that just jump off the page where he's in the same conversation as some Hall of Famers, also some guys in these questions here. And it's just remarkable to go look at. So go check that out. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL. And he's on pace for just an insane season. So we've got a couple comments here. Cameron, uh, who's guessed this one, and are they right, do you think? Um, I I think that was just somebody joining, but I am going to go with, I'm sure who whatever Scott A guessed was wrong, so I'm going to go with Jim Brown, and also I'm starting a petition to change the Panthers' name to Christian McCaffrey's backpack. But I'm going to go with Jim Brown. Let's see. Oh, Scott A yeah. jumped in again. And guess right. what? Scott A is 0 for 3. Cameron McGowan is 3 and 0 Boom. on this week. It was Jim Brown. Sorry, Scott so, A. Basically, what we got from here in terms of Christian McCaffrey is he's on pace to shatter an NFL record for total yards. Also, he's in the same conversation as Hall of Famers right now. Yeah. As he very well should Super be. Super But I mean. Chris McCaffrey is having just an insane season so far. If you want to see more numbers from him this year, go check it out on our website, crownsportscha.com. Also head over to our Twitter and our Facebook. If you just scroll down a little bit, you'll be able to find it there. All right, we're going to jump in, and we're going to have a little bit of hockey talk. I believe that the Ryan Dezingle signing was the best of the NHL offseason. I'm going to explain why in a second, but first... Cameron, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody about our good friends over at Steamroll Vodka. Yeah, so the the way we are able to do this show every single week is our good friends over at Steamroll Vodka. They are the vodka of the working class people. It is it is great tasting. It is great bottled. It's got the big yellow construction sign on it. You cannot miss it. Steamroll Vodka. It's probably going to be sitting on the top shelf. It's probably the best stuff they've got in there. Best tasting for sure. It's affordable. It's great. It's it's it, it mixes well with everything. Thank you to our sponsors over there at Steamroll Vodka. Go check them out on Facebook. Give them a like. All right, still loading this video up on some different social medias. We're trying to get out our second topic here as we get ready to talk about some hurricanes. 
All right, Cameron, I know you've got some hurricane stats pulled up right now. Go ahead and talk just a little bit about what they've done so far this season, and then I'll jump into my what I don't even think is a hot take. I think it's it's factual at this point, and I think we're starting to see why. Go ahead and talk a little bit about what the Canes have done this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think everybody knows the Canes are 4-0 right now. They've been playing great, and they, they've not only been playing you know, great just – as a team, they've been playing great in the crunch time. They have found ways to pull games out very, very late. They've won in the shootout. They've won in overtime. They've won in regulation. They are finding ways to win in in every single aspect. I mean, it's so great to see a team, you know, it's one thing to get to the end of the game tied. It's one thing to figure out how to win that game in in overtime or in a shootout. And and the the Hurricanes just... It, it seems like for me that this team, you know, that they lost some guys. They lost some very important key players, um, you know, over the offseason. But it seems like the chemistry is has not slipped at all. This team is playing well. They're skating well on the ice together. Everything seems to be going very smoothly. They're scoring a lot of goals. I mean, uh, uh, from an offensive perspective, they they seem to be a lot better than they were last year just just from as far as puck movement and you know being able to read each other this is just a Kane team that is going to be very very fun to watch um I don't think they lose a game all season (laughs) all right well well that's a bit ridiculous hey (laughs) I like trends for now so uh all right so we're gonna jump into this part we actually, I did this as a section on, I think, our very first podcast back in July, actually, right mm-hmm. after this signing. But, of course, we didn't have nearly as many people listening then as we do now. So I'm going to go over why I think Ryan Dezingle was the best signing of the NHL offseason, and we're already starting to see why. For those of you just tuning in, jumping in from maybe the Carolina Hurricanes fan pages on Facebook, we are Crown Sports Charlotte. I'm Alex Abernathy. He's Cameron McGowan. Collectively, like I said, we are Crown Sports Charlotte. We like to be interactive. We like to talk about only the teams you care about, Panthers, Hornets, Hurricanes, Duke, and UNC. And right now, we're talking about the Hurricanes. In particular, this Ryan Dezingle signing. Now, you can go check out the article on our website that we put out way back in July where we called that this was the best signing of the NHL offseason. We're already starting to see that now. As just the other day, Ryan Zingle already has a multi-goal game on the season. He had two just the other night. So he's a former seventh-round pick, and I think everybody knew coming into this season that the Hurricanes were going to need to add a winger, somebody that could score, and they got that. They added Ryan Dezingle, who's coming off of back-to-back 20-plus goal seasons, and they brought him in, and really all signs pointing to him at 27 years old were saying that those numbers were just going to continue to rise. He was just going to start scoring more goals. And because of that, a lot of people were thinking that he was going to command about $5 million a year, but Don Waddell was able to get him for $6.75 million per year, or $6.75 million over two years. So do the math, that's $3.25 million in this season and then $3.5 million next season. That's how they spread his contract out. So to give you some perspective here, Ryan Dezingle had 56 points last season. And then coming into this season, like I said, got him on a steal of a contract. Let's look at other people that scored 56 points last season and how much they're getting paid right now. Like I said, Ryan Dezingle, if you average out his contract, $3.3 million annually. And he scored 56 points last season. Evander Kane, 
56 points last season for San Jose. $7 million a year. William Carlson in Vegas, $5.9 million a year. Now we're getting a little bit lower. Josh Bailey with the Islanders, $5 million a year, which is what people thought Ryan Dezingle was going to go for. Roman Yossi, who's not only a productive player in Nashville, he is maybe the face of Nashville right now. Oh, yeah. $4 million a year. All of those guys, 56 points in the NHL last year, all of them paid exponentially higher than Ryan Dezingle is. And now he's already coming in and producing at a high rate. He looks faster. He's flying around the ice. And this guy was an absolute bargain of a contract. And and with Dezingle and bringing back Ajo, and then there's the championship AHL team and the checkers, I think you take all of that, mash it together, including the young talent in the trade last week, I think this team's trajectory is just simply so high. And the fact that you can do it on a bargain is fantastic. And another thing that just really sticks out is Canes fans for a long time have complained about the Canes not spending quite enough money to win, not quite spending that full budget. This year, they've done it. And this year, we're already seeing some benefits of it. And if you're a Canes fan, there is a whole lot to be excited about. And I think when you really get down to the brass tacks of it, Don Waddell and this Ryan Dezingle contract is a prime example as to why there's so much potential for this team. Yeah, I I mean... uh I think just even talking about the team as a whole, just, you know, Tuesday night's game against the, against the Panthers, 6-3 win for the Canes, 12 players registered a point in that game. 12 Hurricanes players registered a point. I mean, it, it, this, is a, this is a quote from Ryan Dezingle. Every guy down the line is contributing. That's, he said, so that's pretty cool. That doesn't happen on a lot of teams where you get every single guy contributing and playing well. It's just everyone tugging on the same rope, and he feels like that's the biggest thing. That, that's what I was tr- touching on earlier. This team chemistry, just looks like something that that for for some you know for a team that's got some some new new faces to the team the chemistry is just clicking i mean it seems like everybody is on the same page and you know maybe maybe that speaks to that they were one step away from the big dance last year and and you know they're they're trying to get there they know what it takes to get there they just got to get over that hump and and i think that that experience from last season is really coming back to to help them now and everybody just looks like they're on the they're on the same page i mean this has been a very very fun team to watch not just because they're pretty much giving us free hockey every night with all these overtime and shootout wins but you know it it's a fun team to watch fly around the ice and they finally won a game without going to overtime exactly. the other night with the 6-3 win exactly it was, a, it was a bit refreshing all right that's all i have to say on hockey i i'm blown away by yeah, uh, and then I know a lot of people are as well. Mm-hmm. So we're about to get rocking and rolling with our final segment of the show. We're at the 31 minute mark of our show right now. This is what we like to do. We like to keep it only about 45 minutes. We don't want to keep you guys trapped in here for a super long time. We like to get in, get out, talk about the biggest headlines and only the teams you care about because that's what we want to do at Crown Sports Charlotte. Cameron, before we jump in and talk about Coach K weighing in on what I think is still not getting enough coverage, even though I think it's the biggest story in all of sports right now, Yeah, and that is this California Senate Bill 206. Cameron, tell everybody about Steamroll Vodka. Steamroll Vodka. Tomorrow's Friday. You're going to get off work. 
you know, you're, you're going to be craving a little something, something. What are you going to do on your way home from work? You stop by your, your, local, your local liquor store, wherever you go to, uh, to purchase your wine, your spirits, your liquor. You're going to go. You're going you're gonna to go, sir, where can I get steamroll vodka? You're going to pick yourself up a bottle. You're going to go home. You're going to have yourself one of the greatest nights you've ever had. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to feel rejuvenated, refreshed. You're going to think back to all those great memories you had the night before. What was at the center of it? Steam roll vodka big yellow construction sign right there on the glass can't miss it go pick yourself up a bottle of steam roll vodka best part about steam roll vodka your hangover doesn't feel like stroke <laughs> it's pretty fantastic last weekend i had a nice date with my good pal uh taka <laughs> and the whole time i was like good lord why am i not drinking steam roll vodka i don't know and the very next morning you know i thought the same thing why am I not drinking steamroll? Why vodka? do I feel like I just had a stroke? Exactly. All right. I'm pumping this right now into a couple Facebook fan groups for some Duke fans so they can jump in as well. Let's see. Let's pop that bad boy right in there. All right. Let's talk about Coach K real quick. Uh, Coach K, who still, by the way, I cannot even say his last name. Krzyzewski. Without fumbling all over it. That was actually really impressive. It made me look like an idiot. <laughs> Uh, all right, pop this in one more group, and then we will roll. All right, Coach K weighed in at ACC Media Days on this California Senate Bill 206. And for anybody that doesn't know, and at this point I'm sure you've just been inundated with this thing, long, long, long story short, Senate Bill 206 is a name, image, and likeness bill that would allow players to profit off their name, image, and likeness, per se, going and signing autographs and being able to sell them while also being able to sell, say, you, you get to receive your jersey after a game, which after every game you don't get your jersey. That's a misnomer. But if you do get your jersey to keep after a game, you can go sell that kind of like Todd Gurley did back in college. Or say there's a video game that uses your name, image, and likeness, you can be in that as well and get paid for it. You can also hire an agent, go out and get paid by a local car dealership to go to a car to go to a commercial or be on a billboard for them, whatever. So the schools in this bill at least, now there's some different bills, whether you want to talk about the Florida one, which I think is a bit ambitious, or the New York one, which I think is a bit ridiculous, but those are very different. This one is just for players to not be paid by the schools, but to be paid by other outlets for using their name, their image, and their likeness. And Coach K didn't weigh in on the potential Florida or the New York bill or even the South Carolina one that is supposedly in the works or the Colorado one that's also kind of in the works. He didn't weigh in on those. He weighed in on the California one. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about the California bill. Now, Coach K really, he knew he was going to be asked about this. He came to ACC Media Days with a printed out basically script that was like, here's my official statement on what this says. But also, he set it down, and he talked, and Coach K said, all right, I'll take some questions. And then basically, the way he articulated it and conversated about his thoughts on Senate Bill 206 was really more impressive than his official statement that he printed out. And he said, he basically said he supports it. Mm -hmm. He is all for it. Which, at first, when you start thinking, man, this guy's that arguably the most dominant program in college basketball history, you start thinking, I wonder 
how long has he thought this? So I didn't do this here. I don't have enough time to. But Matt Norlander of CBS Sports, he kind of he dove back into some older Coach K interviews where he hasn't said, just come forward and been like, these players should be paid for the name, image, and likeness. Bang. But he's kind of made little side remarks saying like, well, you know, they don't necessarily get enough, but that's neither here nor there. All right, this 2-3 zone that Syracuse is going to run. That's kind of the type of stuff he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. So to me, this is not terribly surprising that he came out and said this in this manner. Cameron, what do you think so far? Yeah, I mean, Coach K has always been all about the players. You know, th- this is a guy, not only one of the most dominant programs, he's one of the most dominant coaches in the history of the sport. And, and if not the. Yeah, and, and this is a guy who... You know, sure he loves Duke, but but he's there for the players. He's there for the kids. He he has always whether that's him when he was when you know when he works with Team USA, working with Duke, whoever it is, he he has so many different perspectives that he's gotten to see. He gets to talk to those NBA players, hear what their stories were. You know, he 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 is with the players every single day, day in and day out, seeing what they go through, hearing from them. You know, the the, the types of struggles they're having to overcome. He. And he cares about it. This is a guy who 100% puts the players before anything else. And I think that that... This, I, this isn't a surprise to me. I don't think that this is a, this is a surprise to anyone. Um, and, but I think that it's, that it's... Because it's Coach K coming forward and, and, and saying that, I think that... I, I think that that's going to pave the way for a lot of other coaches to start coming forward and kind of getting behind that. When you have a guy as big as Coach K coming forward and, and you know, championing that, I think that that's going to give a lot of other coaches some, some room and leeway to come out and say, yes, we 100% agree um, with, with, with what's going on here. Cameron, you've got somebody jumping in and uh, making fun of your hat here. Do you want to take it off and show? He asks, what's the hat covering? Because he doesn't believe you have hair. Oh, Oh, look at that butte. Oh, look at it. All right. For Shout those out, you, Rob Tank. For those of you just jumping in, I saw we had some people jump in, some Duke fans. Uh, we are Crown Sports Charlotte. I'm Alex Abernathy. He's Cameron McGowan. We're talking about Coach K coming out and weighing in on this Senate Bill 206 in California and kind of sharing his thoughts. And if you have thoughts on it as well, uh, I implore you to jump in the comments and tell us what you think. Uh, we're, we can debate what we think about the bill if, if you want us to, but we're more so talking about Coach K. And Cameron, I think what you were getting at there is Coach K is a guy that when he talks, people listen. Yep. And he is one of the only guys in college basketball who this is a headline. 95% of college basketball coaches, if they say this, it's not a headline. Look at the SEC, for example. 13 coaches say this, nobody cares. John Calipari said this, people would care. What's John Calipari done? When he was asked, he just kind of brushed it to the side. Mm -hmm. But Coach K came in very prepared, gave a lengthy answer, and I'm, I'm very impressed as to what he had to say. I mean, he was in support of it. He gave examples as to how even his fourth scorer down the bench could potentially profit off this off of this. Cameron, I see you've got a comment. You're laughing at it. What you got? Is it, it pointless? Uh, yes, it's pointless <laughs> from Rob Tank. He says that uh, Coach K looks like a snake monster. <laughs> so take that as you will. But yes, continue. Uh, yeah, so he's a guy that talks and everybody listens. And I know we've got some UNC fans that follow our pages as well. Mm-hmm. Roy Williams also weighed in on this in a much less intelligent manner. But he's also a guy that I would say when he talks, 
people listen. Mm. Roy Williams was not as enthusiastic as Coach K was about it. Roy Williams was a little bit more skeptical, and he basically said, like, look, this is going to open a big can of worms, and I don't know what's going to happen. He drew just a, a ridiculous analogy. He said, this is, this is like giving me the nuclear codes. Mm. Like, I, I don't even know what would happen if you gave me the nuclear codes. This is like that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm quite ready to equate college sports to the nuclear launch codes, but I see what he's getting at here in terms of the can of worms that this could open and the uncertainty where if you no longer have just a national rule on this, and now every state's kind of doing their own thing, mm. I see what he means. But Coach K, uh, this is a guy that needed to be as prepared as he was. And once again, the guys over at CBS Sports HQ pointed this out earlier today, and I thought it was a very good point. He, he's the kind of guy that when he walks through the line after games, if you just watch Coach K, when he shakes your hand, he looks at every player from the point guard that may have just dropped 30 on him to the, the walk-on at the end of the bench. He looks every one of them in the face, says something to them in the line, and takes a moment with every one of them. Why does he do that? Because he is self-aware. Coach K knows who he is, and he knows that everybody from that starting point guard to the walk-on at the end of the bench is going to remember the time that they shook hands with Coach K. And I think because he knows that he holds that kind of voice, I mean, hell, he's been the coach of Duke for, what, 40 years? Mm, because like he that. knows that he, 80. that he has this kind of voice, he needed to be prepared to talk about this, and he was. And it's easy for a lot of coaches to say, you know what, all I care about is X's nose. I don't really want to bother with this. Kind of like John Calipari did. Yeah. Coach K went above and beyond what other high-level coaches, including Coach K or uh, John Calipari, even Mark Few over at Gonzaga. Coach K was prepared. He said he supported this bill and he gave a full-length explanation why. And I mean, he didn't offer tons of insight more than what you've heard the general talking head saying as to why they like this. I mean. I like this bill because I think virtually every person has the right to profit off their name, image, and likeness. I'm a capitalist. I like every person being able to make as much money as physically possible, which is why I support it. And he kind of said the same thing. Like, look, he gets that they get scholarships. That's fine. The, what California's proposing is not coming out of any school's paycheck. It's coming straight out of a car lot dealer that wants to say last year, hey, R.J. Barrett, you want to come be on a billboard for me? I'll pay you $5,000. Yeah. And R.J. Barrett says, yeah. And there's a lot of people that criticize this bill and say, hey, the fourth guy down the bench, won't make, he won't make any money. I totally disagree. I totally disagree. Never mind. I didn't mean fourth guy down the bench. Fourth leading scorer. So your fourth, your fourth biggest star on a basketball team, per se, won't make any money. I disagree. I think on a team like Duke or a high-level team, your number four guy is going to come at a cheaper price than when your top two guys that may be out doing national deals and locally – they're not going to be making tons and tons of money, but they can make a little bit. They can get some walking around money, and I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean, just just to quickly chime in with my you know personal opinion on the matter. Sorry, I went uh, on a, a oh, terrible no, rant there. Yeah, you're fine. Um, I would take away you know paying players for you know per game or anything like that. Look at it. One hundred percent, you should be able to get paid for your image and likeness. If I go into you know the 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 school store and buy the jersey with your number on it, I'm buying it because you're the guy wearing it. I'm buying it because I like you as a player. 
you deserve to have a, a portion of the money that I am paying for that because I, the whole reason I'm buying it is because of you. Where I somewhat disagree with you on is, you, I mean, and I don't even disagree with you. I one hundred. I I think that you know the fourth player, fifth player down, you know, uh, in in the lineup is can, can still make you know some kind of money, whether that's you know doing some kind of local deal or something like that. But I also think that it. it I don't think it matters for that. Like, I, you know, if you want to, if you want to get the money, just be a, you know, it, I think it, if anything, it incentivizes being a better player, right? If you're the number one player, if you're out there scoring the points, if you're, if your team is winning games, people are going to start buying your stuff more. You're going to get paid more. It incentivizes better play. If you're not, if you're not a good enough basketball player, uh, uh, you know, or not even good enough, but if you know, if you're not a star on your team, maybe this incentivizes you to work a little harder in the off season, work a little harder coming in. I just don't see how this could in any way negatively impact college sports. I, I really don't see how it could at all negatively impact it. Only only talking about, you know, paying people for, for use of image yeah. likeness, yeah. whether that's, you know, you bring back NCAA football, you bring back NCAA, you know, March Madness basketball, the vi- video games, and, you know, people get, people get check cut off of that. Whatever it is, these players deserve that. I'm doing it because of them. I'm not doing it because of the NCAA. I don't no, – nobody gives – nobody cares about the NCAA. They're, they, that's just – they're just there to govern, right? I, I, I'm not buying the, the jersey. I'm not going to the games because of the NCAA. So why are they getting all the money? I'll get off my soapbox, but that, that, that's my thoughts. No, I agree. And then when you say that you don't see how this can be detrimental for college sports, I agree in part. Mm. And what I mean by that is if everybody's on the same page and everybody, every state accepts the same form of a bill, yeah. then I agree. It would have, yes. But You're as right it stands that. right now with everybody doing something different, because the New York bill is vastly different from the California bill. Yeah. The New York bill is the schools directly paying players. If it gets like that, yeah. then it's anarchy and then it's detrimental for college sports. But as it stands right now, and the bill that Coach K supports when he says that he supports Senate Bill 206 in California, yes, I agree. I think it will be very good for college sports. And to build on what you were saying, I think it was Jim Beheim that was asked about this last year, actually, as to if one player in his locker room is making $25,000 and other players not making jack, does he think that would cause a rift in his locker room? And he said he thought that it might. To that, I disagree. Uh, I know there's a lot of egos in athletes. I do. I know there's a lot of ego involved here, but also I think there's some realism and some competitiveness, like you were saying. Yeah, just get better. <laughs> and also, I think it it prepares you for the real world. I mean, if you go to the NBA, it's not a riff in the locker room when LeBron James is making more money than you, or even us. We're the same age as these college athletes that they're talking about paying. We are their age. And for example, right now, I work in radio. You know how many advertisers are paying me to say their spots live on air? One. The guy in the studio next to me, God knows how many. Probably double digits. Yeah. Am I sitting here complaining and is there a rift between me and that guy? No. He has a way better voice than I do and he's better at his <laughs> job than I am. So he gets paid more by advertisers. It's not that our employer is deciding I'm just going to pay him more because I like him more. No, it's the market at work. And that's what I like about this bill. It, believe it or not, the state of California actually wants to let the free market work. How ridiculous does that sound? Because it blows my mind. Yeah. But that's where this bill is right now. Coach K's all over it. I'm all over it. I'm all over Coach K. Roy Williams had some funny remarks. I don't think he added any substance to it. But 
I, yeah, that's where I stand right now. And I think Coach K came in ultra prepared, like I said earlier. Hats off to him for that. That's all I have. Is that is that all you have? Do you have any more to add? No, that's all I have. I you know the I think just to say, j- just to kind of talk about, I it, it does all need to be equal, right? Because if you get into a situation where you know in California you get twenty percent of whatever, and in Tennessee you get five percent of whatever, obviously that incentivizes players to go to California schools more than it would you know other states like that. So I one hundred percent agree with you that it does need to be standardized across everybody. They all need to be on the same page to, to you know level the playing field. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm 100% on board with it if they can if they can figure out a good way to do it. Yeah, and the NCAA's biggest argument right now is that even if every school allowed players to profit off name, image, and likeness, that it would be an unfair recruiting advantage. Yeah. which I find laughable. As if there as if there is a fair recruiting scale right now. Look at the power dominances in college basketball college football, whatever, and try to tell me that there is not an unfair recruiting advantage somewhere. They can live in their fairy tale land and act like there's not. There is an unfair recruiting advantage as it stands right now. All right, that's going to do us for this show on Crown Sports Charlotte. We're right under the 50-minute mark, exactly where we want to be. As always, we're brought to you by Steamroll Vodka. If you've just jumped in, let me tell you who we are real quick. I'm Alex. He's Cameron. Collectively, we're Crown Sports Charlotte. If you want to go back and watch this whole show, you can. It's on our Facebook and our Twitter. It's at Crown Sports CHA on Twitter. Just search Crown Sports Charlotte on Facebook, and you can go check it out. If you want to hear kind of the quality audio coming through these microphones right here, we will be podcasting this out tomorrow morning, so you can check this out in in a little bit better of a format. That's going to do it for our show. Like I said, go follow us on social media. We are brand new. We're trying to get started here. Any of your support would mean a ton to us. That's going to do it. For Cameron, I'm Alex. This is Crown Sports Charlotte.